Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. What up, my fellow RDs? We are a month into the new year. How friggin' nuts is that? I know, I can't believe it either. I feel like it's flying by. Anyway, that means we're on our fourth episode of the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. OMG, super stoked about all of that. We'll get to our guest in just a little bit, but I want to let you guys know a little bit about what I have going on this month and in the coming weeks. So on February 1st, the Dietitian Collaborative Mastermind is starting. While I'm no longer taking applications for this round of the Mastermind, don't worry. There will definitely be more sessions going forward, so stay tuned in the coming weeks slash coming months, and I will give you guys some more info on that. So now that you've heard all of the updates from Wellness Cochina and the Dietitian Collaborative, let's dive into our speaker for today. I have Shawnee Jordan Goldman, a registered dietitian and diabetes educator. She is also a grad school professor for nutrition students and a clinical nutrition preceptor. She's worked in almost all types of clinical nutrition environments, from acute care and ICU to subacute rehab and LTC facilities, outpatient care, and in private practice as well. She's also the owner of Nutrition Cheat Sheets, say that five times fast, a company whose mission it is to support dietitians new to clinical to ensure that they get the real-life basics that they need to excel in their new career. So let's chat with Shawnee. What's up, my fellow RDs? We have Shawnee Jordan Goldman in the house from Brooklyn, but technically Miami right now, but I feel camaraderie because I'm OG from Astoria, so this is cool. What's up, girl? Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And yourself? I'm doing really well. I'm stoked that you're here. Yeah, me too. Before we get wild and crazy into really finding out more about you, let's ask you the three most important questions ever. Let's do it. First off, what is your bucket list travel destination? I really want to go on a safari. Mm-hmm. I really want to go on a safari. I'm very, I don't like zoos. I, I'm like very, it makes me very uncomfortable seeing animals in cages like that. But that. the idea of seeing them in the wild, it just like gets me real hopped up. So taking a safari, like an actual safari in the wild gets me totally jazzed. That's high, high, high on my bucket list. Well, I hope you can do that soon and like maybe pet a giraffe out of like the second floor of a building. A giraffe, a elephant, an elephant. I'm here for all of it. That's awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Question number two. What is your all-time favorite meal? Anything with chocolate in it. Dark chocolate specifically. I mean, if I really had to drill down in Brooklyn, there is a restaurant called The Chocolate Room (laughs) and they have... I mean, not only do they have a stellar chocolate layer cake, but they have these brownies that they make a brownie sundae with, which has this um, hot fudge that they make on site. It's like it's there are no words. Chocolate ice cream with the chocolate brownie with the chocolate fudge. It's just like the end all and be all. I am happy every time I eat that. Okay. Since you live in New York, then I have a really good recommendation for you. I don't remember the name of it, but it's a French slash Mexican like chocolate shop and you can just get like a bowl of chocolate in an espresso cup. I'll, I don't remember the name of it, You're but you're going to have to send me the name. For those of you guys listening, I will link it in the show notes. It's magical. <laughs> <laughs> These are the important topics. You're yeah. absolutely right. The key questions anybody needs to know. That's what I mean. And then this is really the key question. Coffee or cocktails? 
Yeah, I can't even decide, to be perfectly honest. I mean, like, coffee for the first half of the day and cocktail for the second half of the day. There's just no, I mean, there's no gray area. Maybe there's, like, water that gets overlapped. That's, like, the midday drink. (laughs) But, I I mean, they are, it is a 50-50 split on that one. Five o'clock somewhere, I get it. It's fine. Amen, girl. I'm here for it, 100%. Well, now that we know everything about you, let's dive a little bit deeper into your journey as an RD and where you're at now. I'll start at the very beginning. I, I'm a career changer. I became a registered dietitian. I went back to school to get my master's degree um, so that I could then become a dietitian when I was just about 30 years old. So I had been out of school for a solid 10 years before this. Um, I was working as a personal trainer. I was not happy. I was like managing a few gyms. It wasn't going well. I like up and walked out one day like, fuck this. I'm done. I can't take this shit anymore. (laughs) And I was really lost for, you know, for maybe like a full year. I just had no idea what direction I wanted to go in. I hadn't really planned on becoming a personal trainer. And I really also hadn't planned on quitting that job at all. So I was sort of stuck on what to do next. And it came down to pastry chef because I like got into baking for a while. I was like, I could totally do this or nutrition because food. And as a personal trainer, the number one conversation that I had ever really had with clients was always food-based. It was never about improving their squat or something. Like everybody just wanted to know if they ate too many cookies last night. Like that was the overwhelming conversation that we had. So ultimately I sort of finalized the decision with nutrition, which essentially meant that not only did I have to go back to school to become a dietitian and sort of like go through the entire education process for a master's degree, but I had also been out of school for a while and never taken any science classes ever. So I had to do two years of pre-med undergraduate classes to qualify for my master's program so that I could get into my internship so I could become an RD. So, I mean, we're talking like five, six years of just science and hell for this fantastic opportunity. I mean, that's commitment. That was commitment, right? Like, man, if I had known then what I know now, I may have chosen a different direction. But I mean, the reality is that this was something that I really, I wanted to do and I chose it. I didn't stumble into it. I actively opted in and, and now here we are today. I'm a dietitian. Yeah. There you okay. go. Now you have the letters after your name. Awesome. Yeah, I five, do. Fantastic. Five letters after your name. Awesome. Probably more. But what does that mean? Right? So like, what have you been able to do with that since? Or what have you done with that since? Great question. What have I done with it? I don't know. I've like worked as a dietitian. So I went, <laughs> I went from my internship directly into a clinical nutrition job working in a hospital. Yeah. Um, it was a very standard path. And then, you know, I sort of made a few transitions along the way. And at the current moment, I work for New York city department for the aging. It's my day job. I do nutrition counseling for homebound elderly with like four other jobs stuck in there. So I also teach a grad class, a couple of grad classes at Brooklyn college here in New York city. I teach geriatric nutrition to med students at Downstate Downstate, uh, Hospital. I do some private practice. I do some like tutoring for people struggling with MNT. Like it's just sort of been a smattering of 
get in where I fit in and try to capitalize on whatever's floating around there as much as possible. I think that's super cool though. I feel like that's a really good reminder to RDs that like there isn't one specific path. And if you love doing a bunch of different things, there's opportunity for it because a lot of like the education, like teaching isn't always full-time. Like it's really rare that it's a full-time position. So it's cool that you can have a couple of different areas of interest and still have time to, to work in all those different areas as well. I mean, the time part is a little questionable. (laughs) I feel like I'm working all the time, but yeah, you know, unless you really are dedicated to becoming a professor, that's, it, it very much is a side gig. Yeah. You know, but it, we, we all know that being a dietitian is not the most highly paid profession in the healthcare field. So you really have to find a way to manage that. And at the same time, be able to sort of incorporate the things that you want to do at the same, you know, at simultaneously, which is, I find the hardest part. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. I mean, I struggled figuring it out. I know a lot of new dietitians struggle figuring it out. It's, it's tricky. It's, it's tricky, especially for a lot of people who realize belatedly that nutrition isn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. That makes it tough. I think that that kind of stems from what we're learning in school. Perhaps your, your take on it's a little bit different because not going through like a standard DPD undergrad, but like we're taught some things that are maybe a little antiquated in our undergrads versus yeah. what's in the real world, you know? So yeah. I think that that's also really important for whether it be young RDs or RDs who have been in the game for a hot minute, like guys, it's, you can do your own research. Like it's not all what you mm-hmm. learned 10, 15, whatever years ago, you know? Absolutely. I completely agree with that. There's also a lot of creative ways to use the things that you know. You don't have to follow the standard. If I don't want to work in a hospital, then I guess I'll have to do private practice. That's not for everybody either. Private practice is a lot of hustling. It's a lot of long hours. You're trading your one hour of time for a certain amount of money, and it can be lucrative, but it can also be exhausting. Definitely. Not for everybody. That's a fantastic transition. Okay. So you do a little (laughs) bit of private practice on the side, but then you also have nutrition cheat sheets. So I would love to know how that came to be rather than just trading time for money. Right. So I'd love a little bit of like your thought process behind that as well. Yeah. So nutrition cheat sheets happen because I think this is an experience that a lot of dietitians had. It was like a huge moment for me where I realized that I was doing all of this nutrition education and I was using like the world's worst handouts. I'm sorry, AND, <laughs> but your handouts are shit. You know, the nutrition care manual is really un unuser friendly. It's not patient friendly. It's not reader friendly. It's there's nothing really appealing about it. It there's just blocks of text on ugly paper with a terrible logo. Like it just doesn't look like anything anybody wants to use. So I would have these experiences of sitting down and like writing these extensive notes in the margin and like crossing things out and then highlighting, basically retooling all of the options that I had at my disposal until I got to the point where I'm just going to make my own. I'm just going to make my own handouts. I would find some online and they would only be sort of like half good And then I sort of like collect a bunch together. So I was just like, I'm just going to make my own that says exactly what I needed to say that I know is like in large enough font for my old patients to be able to read them. And then they look good enough. Yeah. Like put on the refrigerator, just like, let me just 
let me just create this thing that I know that I need. So I started making all of these patient handouts and then people would ask for them. So I would just like email them to people. Um, and it sort of got to the point where I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to put them online. They were all just like downloadable. And I would have this, I'd have these people just like cleaning me out, showing up and downloading, you know, like 35 handouts in one swoop, that kind of thing. And I ended up going to Alyssa Rumsey's. She had this mastermind group. She does it still like all the time. I went years ago. Um, and there was a few people there just like, oh, nutrition cheat sheets. Yeah. Use your handouts, which I thought was pretty cool. Cause it wasn't something that I had ever really thought yeah. that was actually like, I wasn't tracking anything. I was just, just here to use them. I got some handouts if you want them. Um, and everybody there was just like, you can't be charging. you got to charge. Can't believe they're free, blah, blah, blah. So at that point I started charging them and sort of thinking a little bit more about it becoming a business. And from that point it grew to, other things that I knew people needed, I had just started teaching um, my one of my grad classes, this geriatric nutrition cl- grad class, which sort of translated more into a class uh, of like nutrition basics, like clinical nutrition basics. Um, so it was less geriatric nutrition, which is you know, pretty close to fucking regular nutrition. Not a lot of deviation there. So most of the time that I spend with my grad students is about how to implement the things that we're talking about. Once you get into your internship, once you see your first patient, how do you talk to them? How do you chart on them? All of that stuff. Yeah. Um, And so for them, I started creating more clinical nutrition resources, just like the five calculations everyone should know kind of things. What a PES statement looks like, a handout that's got all of the medical abbreviations that I always use, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that worked out really nicely. So now I just had like a whole bunch of handouts and then it just sort of like started springboarding, I guess, snowballing into what it is today, which is, I mean, it's only three years, like formally three years old. It's still pretty new. Um, But the objective is to really to just do whatever I can to support all of the dietitians who are just starting out or feeling like they're struggling in clinical nutrition. So you could be brand new to the game. You could be an OG, but finding yourself like revisiting clinical after being out of that for 10 years and you just don't remember anything. Like for anybody who's in the position of being really overwhelmed by understanding how to do the basic stuff, like just the foundational basic stuff in clinical nutrition, like that's now what I'm focusing on. I mean, that's really how it happened. I love that it's organic, right? So like you did this because you saw a need. You were like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to create something. I'll share it with the world. Why not? Why not? And I feel like that's how like big things happen. Like when you're just like, yeah, I'm going to do this because I want to and because there might be a need for it. And then like, obviously people told you like they would pay money for it, you know, which is crazy. (laughs) Fantastic. I'll take it. I feel like that's sometimes like how the, how some of the best ideas are made when you don't necessarily have an end goal of money, but when it's more of like finding and serving that need, that's when, that's when the cool shit happens. Oh, that's so cool. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of people have always told me. Just like the way to build a business is to just satisfy a need, fill a gap, give somebody the answer to their problems, solve something. And you're already halfway there. So hopefully I'm solving a little bit of the nutrition crisis out there for dietitians. We'll see. 
That's super cool. I feel like you've dropped a ton of wisdom for RDs as well, but are there any like business hacks or nutrition hacks that you can impart upon us? There's sort of a divide, I think, in the nutrition community. Some people are really in favor, like you believe they believe that you've got to have a clinical experience background in order to do nutrition. There's no getting around it. Just do your year of clinical, get it done. It's a requirement, you know, like an unofficial requirement. If you don't do it, you're sort of fucked. And then the other half of dietitians are just like, screw that. If you want to do private practice, you go ahead and do private practice right out of the gate. It doesn't ever matter. Just you'll learn along the way that sort of mentality. I subscribe to the first one. I really do believe that getting a fundamental understanding of medical nutrition therapy is sort of imperative to the long-term trajectory of the rest of your clinical, not, let me not say clinical nutrition career, your nutrition career, your, your experience, your time as a registered dietitian, unless, you know, the caveat being like, unless you are firmly positioning yourself in like food service, you know, that's what you want to do. There's nothing else. There's no clinical, you know, you don't have to really have a really strong clinical understanding to manage a kitchen, let's say. Uh, Having said that, I don't think I can come up with one single job for a dietitian, community nutrition included, anything working in a facility, working private practice, anything where if you can't explain the fundamentals to people that you're going to be successful. And I really, and this is coming from somebody who sucked at, like I had, I struggled in my internship. I had a very clinical heavy internship and I didn't do well in it. It took me a while actively working as a registered dietitian in a clinical environment to sort of get my legs under me. I had some really good support during that time, people that answered questions really effectively for me were able to, I was able to bounce ideas off of them, get a really strong understanding, which is kind of what I'm trying to do with nutrition cheat sheets. But I wouldn't be able to do anything that I do now. And I do a lot of nutrition counseling now. I, I don't even work in a facility, but it's all medical nutrition therapy. It all is medical nutrition therapy. So, and let, you know, and, and I understand like the, the, the second part of that is I very am aware that if you want to do something like telehealth as a nutritionist, you're not permitted to do medical nutrition therapy. And it doesn't matter. Like, I still don't even think that justifies not having a really strong understanding of medical nutrition therapy because people are going to ask you questions anyway. You're going to have to have a working knowledge of how to support your patients or your clients or whoever you're talking to no matter the circumstance, even if you're not technically allowed to do medical nutrition therapy, it's going to come up and people are going to want to know that you're the professional and you're going to have to be able to respond in kind. I I mean, I'll just put that out there. I know it's a controversial answer, but I am very much in favor of getting a strong clinical background, even if even if you just do it through me and you never, <laughs> ever work in a facility. Like, I think like it doesn't matter as long as you have that have those fundamentals under your belt. I think that's what takes you is going to take you the farthest as a dietitian. I, I think I would, I kind of teeter back and forth on this, but thinking back, like I've, I did have a pretty solid clinical foundation working in the hospital that I did my internship at. And then I also worked in hospice care, pretty clinical. So it's, it's interesting though, because 
I think as an RD, like you're saying, so like right now you work a ton of different positions. I did that like as a new RD. So I was in the community setting as a new RD, teaching cooking classes, uh, doing video in a clinical position, and then teaching at a university within the first two years of like becoming a new RD. So get your feet wet. I think that's a really good lesson, whether, I mean, yes, definitely have a strong clinical foundation, but get your feet wet in a variety of different places. And I feel like that can be really helpful in guiding you to where you want to be. Because I never thought, like during my internship, had you told me that I would have been good on camera, I would have told you (laughs) that I get butt spasms and I can't do that. That is, that's real talk, guys. I'm being super vulnerable right now. But like... (laughs) I, I would have said no. And then literally my first job out of my internship when I became an RD was doing video demos and cooking. So, and like, yeah. that's a huge part of my business now. So I think that that's right. Get a good foundation and then put your toes Do in a bunch of want. different places. Yeah, definitely. Right. I remember looking at resumes of dietitians when I was just starting out, like how did they end up where they were going to go? And all of the resumes looked the same. Everybody worked in like 25 different places for six months to a year. And they just hopped around until they landed in the one place that they stayed for 15. Yeah. You've just got to experiment. I love that. Okay. This leads me to my next question then. So (laughs) post-experimentation, like you work with RDs and I mean clients and patients, but like with RDs in a variety of different capacities, I would love to know what are some of the ways that you like collaborating with fellow RDs and like, How do you find that RDs can collaborate, whether it be in clinical, in schooling, like environments or in private practice? I'm happy to think through. I love teamwork. I love being parts of teams. So like anytime somebody has a thought, I'm totally willing to entertain it. And there's really no limit to the potential collaborations. I do like sort of understand and acknowledge that I have a like a very specific group of people that I'm talking to, which does sort of mean that the potential for collaboration is it sort of skews more in the direction of education, um, teaching sort of uh, maybe dietitians who are employed at dietetic internship programs, um, helping them sort of get their orientation up and running or giving them sort of like a clinical side to what they want their interns to be knowledgeable in once they do sort of move into their internship program that's just like that's just an 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 idea whatever but if there's dietitians or or registered dietitians who happen to work in schools or something you know I'm happy to come in and chat yeah I don't know about anything I don't know what people would be interested in but when it comes to sort of like if, if other dietitians are are building their own communities um you know we all have our own skill set we all sort of live in our own little bubbles, which is great because it just means like, I don't have to be an expert in anything. I'm pretty good at the fundamentals of clinical nutrition, but if you're really good at the fundamentals of, I don't know, everything Aspen related, you are the queen of the ICU. Like that would be a really nice opportunity for us to come in together. If you are a renal dietitian and you're looking for a way to sort of expand the conversation into 
diabetes, fantastic. We can absolutely do that if you are um, if you're if you're working in the bariatric community and they start having you know you realize that there needs to be a bigger conversation on this other topic and you want somebody to come in and do a, you know, have a conversation, like we can talk about all of that stuff and vice versa. You know, um, I am, again, I'm not an expert in anything. And one of the things that I would really love to be able to build is like a collection of like niched down specialties that sort of can expose new RDs to what it's like, you know, a day in the life of a renal dietitian, a day in the life of a dietitian who works in oncology, a day in the life of a pediatric dietitian. Those are not my specialties. I don't know anything about pediatrics, but I would love to collaborate and share that sort of information with my community. I think that there is such a need for that. And that's literally, I think I've been saying this like every podcast episode, but that's literally the reason that I felt the need to create this type of podcast, to expose fellow RDs to the different niches that exist and show people that like, we can co-mingle, like it's crazy, I know, but like we can collaborate, we can co-mingle, like we can create a community, like you're saying, around our niches and be able to build each other up and support each other in that way as well. Yeah, I don't know why it would be any different. Like, this is a community of people that struggle every day to earn respect from our peers and from the other people in the healthcare community. We should all be buddies. We should, like, be bound together in this struggle and just, you know, do whatever we can to lift and promote each other and, you know, gain recognition for the knowledge that we do have. Yes, girl. Speak in my language. Yeah. Where can the good RDs out there who want to collab with you find you? Nutritioncheatsheets.com. Sweet. What about Insta? Insta? Nutrition Cheat Sheets. (laughs) Look at that branding. Look at that branding. Yeah, I know. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, that's basically where you can find me. If you want my email, I'm just shawnee at nutritioncheatsheets.com. I'm great on email. I'm really, I think I'm pretty easy to find. Nutrition Cheat Sheets, not hard to find. Um, Yeah. You know, I like email. I respond to emails all the time. Excellent. Shawnee, it's been a pleasure. Um, And guys, reach out to her if you need nutrition cheat sheets or if you just want to say, hey, because she sounds pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love when people reach out. I also like when people reach out with just questions. I get a lot of people who just sort of drop specific questions. Do I have resources for this? Do I have an answer for that? How do I figure out X, Y, and Z? I'm here for all of that. Sweet. And if she doesn't have a resource for it, you just gave her a great idea. Boom. Yeah, or I might even be able to hook you up with somebody who does, and that always works. All right, Shani, it's been a pleasure, and um, have an awesome week. Ciao, everybody. So what'd you guys think? I feel like this is such a great example that like you don't have to do private practice in a normal way. There's no one telling you what to do, how to do it. You can really forge your own path and find something that works for you, your lifestyle, and, and what you want out of your own business. So let's do a quick recap. One, you don't have to follow the standard. If you don't work in a hospital, I guess I'll do private practice. Obviously, that's not for everyone. Two, the way to build business is to satisfy a need, to fill a gap. Solve something and you're halfway there. Three, you've just got to experiment. Get your feet wet in a variety of different places as an RD. Get the experience, whether it be clinical or elsewhere. You're strong. You're powerful, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You can do your own shit if you want to do your own shit. 
there is literally nothing and no one stopping you. If fear is what's holding you back, the only way to overcome that is to do it. I know that's kind of cliche, but you just have to try. How will you know if you don't? I would love for you to reach out on Instagram at wellnesscuchina. Tell me one, what you think about this podcast, because I really enjoy doing it and chatting with new RDs every week. And two, I really just want to meet you. I want to meet the other RDs who are out there doing some really awesome shit. So feel free to message me. I love chatting. And lastly, this podcast is brought to you by Wellness Cucina, which fun fact is my business. One facet of the business is the Kitchen Confidence Resource Library. It is a virtual resource library that RDs can become members of and then license to their clients so that their clients can become super confident in the kitchen and really understand the fundamentals of cooking so that they can cook without a recipe. They can cook confidently and they can use what they already have on hand to make quick, easy, and delicious meals. For the RD, it gives you an opportunity to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of a, a community of other RDs, to learn skills as well, and as an opportunity to increase revenue for your practice. To learn a little bit more about the Kitchen Confidence Resource Library, check out the link in the show notes. All right, guys, until next week. Ciao.